We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chargers are back and there's plenty of excitement in the air about this team. Whether you want to go to a game at SoFi Stadium or you want to go to a road game when Justin Herbert comes to your city in America, ticketing is very important. And it's really important how you get your tickets because there's plenty of sites out there that want to scam you and put all these charges and service fees that you didn't originally agree to. But that all changes with TickPick, the exclusive ticketing partner of the Guilty as Charged podcast and the Blue Wire Network. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. They're the original no-fee ticketing site, and they are able to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it and you can find better prices, TickPick will also give you 110% of the difference on the same purchasing price. The Cowboys are coming up. There's plenty of high-profile Chargers home games coming up, road games all over the place where they travel to Baltimore and go to Kansas City. So you can go get tickets at TickPick.com charged and use that promo code charged to save $10 on your first order of Chargers tickets. I know you want to see Derwin James. I know you want to see Brandon Staley. I know you want to see all those boys and get that Chargers W. So go to TickPick.com slash charged and use promo code charged for $10 off your first ticketing order. Hey guys, welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. Happy to be joined today for our Chargers and Ravens preview by Ken Mucusic, who is the host of the Film Study Ravens podcast, fellow Blue Wire podcast network member. Ken, thanks for taking the time to join me today. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah, really excited. We just did uh, an episode with uh, Ken on his show, uh, which went really well. So make sure and check that one out. Um, Ken, I think every single episode I, with this, I always like to start with the quarterbacks and, you know, you tweeted out something that was, you know, pretty similar to something that I tweeted out that about the Ravens passing attack and how, you know, it's really evolved over the last year and really gone into a more downfield attack. So what has kind of led to Lamar's, uh, kind of 
evolve development in that regard that's allowing him to have so much success throwing the ball downfield. Yeah, he spends a lot of time in the offseason working with Josh Harris, a, a QB coach uh, that's done a lot of things for him that are very positive. And uh, just going to camp this year, you can see his release, uh, very tighter spiral. He's thrown some longer balls this year. Uh, against the Lions, they averaged 19.3 average depth of target, which is Jeez. is ridiculous. But yeah. beyond, beyond that, it's the highest since they've been keeping that in 2016. So the six-year period and whatnot. Uh, he's probably close to the league lead in ADOT. He, he may still be there right now. Uh, took a, some shorter throws in this last game against the Colts, but uh, definitely that's been a big difference. The Ravens have been much less afraid to take the lid off the defense and and uh, throw downfield. Uh, they will take what they give you, I think, is, as uh, you'll see. So in, in the Colts game, even though they threw some deep balls and he was 8 out of 8 beyond 10 yards, which is nice, um, yeah. he was also very effective um, beating the inside linebackers. So they, they crossed and they, they used some check downs, which is very unusual for the Ravens in terms of uh, trying to beat those inside linebackers. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch. And I think it's interesting because if you, on paper, look at this matchup, you probably think that Justin Herbert is the one who leads the league in, in ADOT, but it's actually Lamar Jackson. So uh, it is an interesting thing there. Um, you know, he is their leading rusher right now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how is he able to gain all of these yards on the ground is it more of what we've been used to with the rpo action is it more scrambling what can you tell us about the qb run game for the ravens this year right so the qb run game the last two well in 2019 it was really run out of pistol for the entire thing and that led to uh situations where he would typically be the runner threatening one edge and they would leave an edge defender unblocked mm-hmm. where he would have to make a difficult choice and Usually Mark Ingram that year was was the up the middle back, and they would also have some sort of option, uh, maybe a jet motion guy or whatever that would be be headed in the other direction. Now it's really run more behind counter. So they'll, they'll have two linemen pulling from one side of the other, left guard, usually left guard, left tackle, but it may also be left guard center, and they also run from right to left some. Uh, they run that out of sidecar, and so the uh, running back is the edge option on that they usually have a jet motion as well where you're seeing yeah. some uh, uh, another player threatening the other edge and lamar's really the guy who runs it up the middle which is a lot of the times uh, oh. a lot of a lot of people would not like that as a, as an option but the middle gets cleared out like you wouldn't believe by all the motion that ravens present and some of the really long touchdown runs have been exciting cases where the other team just ran themselves completely out of position if you look at the eagles and redskins in particular last year and the cowboys as well so that's that's another thing that's changing, right? Is is their run game because you wouldn't picture Lamar as kind of an in between the tackles runner, mm-hmm. but you you're saying that that's kind of you know the the flip this year is that they're using Lamar more up the middle as opposed to out in space. Yeah, this this year and actually last year as well when it was when they had a lot of success with it, and you know with counter you've got extra big bodies on the move, so right. your mid, your middle changes, and so maybe you're running kind of behind the right tackle is the way you think of it, uh, but it's not to the edge. Okay. So that's going to be an interesting one. We'll get to the defensive matchup in a second because I know a lot of Chargers fans are worried about the uh, defensive tackles in this game. But um, obviously the Ravens have lost a lot of running backs to injury. You know, it's unfortunate. I I was a J.K. Dobbins dynasty owner this year, so that kind of sucks. It's a a big, you know, bummer to see that one go down. Um, What can you tell us about the rotation that they have going now? It seems like Latavius Murray has become that primary back. What are you seeing from the uh, trio of running backs they like to use? 
Yeah, it's it's not an impressive group with Murray at the top of it. <laughs> Murray uh, rush yards over expected heading into this this last game was about 0.7 yards per carry less than expected. That's that Austrian model that got developed and, right. then, uh, and then taken on. So a lot of people know that. Uh, they they had Jakey Dobbins who was over one plus one in terms of expected. Lamar's always been up there, of course, near the league leaders. The model just doesn't really work for him in terms of of estimating yardage in the same way. Um, and and they had other guys. I mean, Gus Edwards was a was a very productive, you know, one plus one guy. And uh, you know, now to have these guys who who are you know slower, older, very limited in terms of what they can do. Murray's not a a, a guy who really runs off tackle much. Is it hurts a lot. Devonta Freeman. Uh, they've been kind of using as a speed guy. And the, the guy who really should be the number one back, if he could hold on to the football, is Tyson Williams. And mm-hmm. he's he's got the speed. He played very well in the preseason. He's got a good yards per carry during the regular season. The problem is he's had a couple fumbles. Uh, one of them got actually run in for a TD behind him, meaning uh, Devin Duvernay happened to be in the right spot at the right time, pick the ball up and go in. Uh, another one uh, was in the backfield. The other thing that's been very disappointing about the Ravens has been their mesh point chemistry has been lousy. And so Lamar uh, wants to be able to pull the ball for as long as possible. So, so you want to be able to delay through the mesh. And what that allows is Lamar is to read opponent leverage and a way to pull the ball at the most opportune time. And we just saw an example in Monday Night Football right down by the goal line in overtime where it almost cost the Ravens a ball game or it might have cost the Ravens a ball game when yeah. um yeah when uh, he couldn't he, he had trouble pulling the ball away from freeman then had to go to the ground that yeah, actually was uh, in regulation wasn't it that was it was in but was, was that the one that, that was that the one that they ruled darius leonard uh forward lateraled or was that a different one no this was they he fell on the ball but but he pulled the ball very late it wasn't it wasn't okay. either of the two one yard fumbles it was gotcha. it was he, okay Gotcha. So definitely some some ball security issues, which you know the Chargers have been able to take advantage of, particularly against the Chiefs. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I think a lot of people have been excited about Marquise Brown this year and and the kind of development that, uh, at least in production, that we've been seeing. Um, what have you seen from Marquise Brown and the other receivers in this game for the Ravens? Well, the Ravens have had a good oppor- good ability to just take the top off the defense, generally speaking. Is uh, and, and there's a couple things that come into play here. Number one is they've been they've been using more uh, extra protection to protect for their extremely weak tackle group right now. So they have Villanueva <laughs> on the left side, who's terrible. They have McCarry on the right side, who's a very short-armed tackle. Uh, okay. He's uh, like 32 inches approximately, and uh, and has a he's a Decent technical player. He had a good game against the Colts, but but has a lot of problems. But they've been using a lot of chip blocking to try and and take care of blockers on the on the outside that way. But what they've been doing is this effectively what amounts to max protection is giving the play extra time to develop. Their interior offensive line has held up pretty well uh, as pass protectors, and they've had a, a you know good opportunities to let Lamar step up in the pocket, move around in the pocket, leave the pocket occasionally. Uh, to make some very long throws. And he's, I believe he also leads the league in uh, time to throw uh, as of right now. <laughs> That's so funny because the off, you, you're just saying that the tackles are terrible and he has the most time to throw. So, well, That's... yeah, it's, it's time to throw is also dependent on the quarterback. So a quarterback who can move around a lot can create a right. long, lot of long pockets. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. So um, I want to ask you about Mark Andrews because I'm, I'm always curious to see how teams defend these high level tight ends. I think Mark on Mark Andrews is unquestionably one of the better tight ends in the league. If you were 
a defensive coach for a second. I want you to put that hat on it. And how would you try to defend Mark Andrews? Because he's, he's different than the other tight ends in that he does a lot of his work in the intermediate to deep parts. It looks like at least, you know, mm-hmm. on PFF, the st- that's what the statistics say. So how would you defend Mark Andrews? Yeah. I mean, you, there's all sorts of cover three slot concepts and whatnot that, that could be used kind of like a box in one in basketball where you have, a, you know, a slot. the obvious guy that'll, that'll shut Mark Andrews down is Derwin James. So yeah. if you, if you put Derwin James on Mark Andrews, I think that probably will reduce his effectiveness tremendously, but you know, you've only got one Derwin James to, to deploy somewhere. So right. where, where are you going to put him? Yeah, it's been uh, interesting to watch how Brandon Staley has used him because against the Chiefs, they kind of mix-matched coverages with Michael Davis on Travis Kelsey, Derwin James on Travis Kelsey. Um, So they do like to move Derwin James around, but against the Cowboys, he played almost exclusively in the slot. So um, that is the interesting thing for the defense, I think, to keep keep an eye on. You mentioned the tackles, how much they've struggled. Uh, What about the interior line for uh, the Baltimore Ravens? Because I think the defensive tackle group for the Chargers – has also been really up and down. Some games they're good. Some games they really struggle. Uh, they got destroyed by the Cleveland Browns trio last week. Um, so what can you tell us about the Ravens interior trio of offensive linemen? Sure, they, they've been effective. Uh, ben Powers has played pretty well. Uh, he, he hasn't had, really had a terrible game yet. Um, uh, he's probably about a B-minus level, I would put him. He was he was splitting time with their with their third-round draft pick, um, Ben Cleveland. is a very exciting, monstrous player, but he got hurt in this last game uh, after playing just four snaps. He got put on IR today and appears like mm. he will not uh, – uh, well, he won't play for, for three games, but he, supposedly the news is good, at least according to him, and, he, and he, <laughs> he's given indications that he'll still be back this season. So uh, oftentimes you see a, a – um, tweet come out from a player and saying i'll recover from this and be stronger than ever and then you know they're gone for the year but if 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 they say something i got positive news you know i'll be back real soon kind of thing then you still have hope and that's what we got from uh from cleveland uh yeah i love cleveland i I think you know they could put him in right now at left guard and certainly they they would probably be just as good as they are playing rotationally between powers and cleveland but they can also potentially might have to use him at tackle and this is something I don't think a lot of people agree with here in Baltimore yet, but he's got long arms. So he, he checks off that box. Uh, being a massive body in the Ravens system is really the primary requirement at, at right tackle. And, and they could go back to some of the concepts they used in 2019 to, to uh, help with that. And he's been a good pass blocker in college. So I think there are reasons to believe he can, uh, he can handle a lot of concepts, particularly with chip help uh, out there. But anyway, he's, he's gone. Uh, continue on. <laughs> Bradley Bozeman is at center and a, and a fine player. Uh, he's moved from left guard last year. Where he's the most prolific puller in Ravens history. Uh, but now he's uh, he's at center. Um, had a bad game this last week. Uh, his worst of the season is I scored it in the offensive line. But he's played pretty well otherwise, and and that's uh, you know been a positive. If him him moving there definitely been a positive. He'd been the by far the Ravens best lineman through three weeks. Kevin Zeitler was was signed to it to a deal, which is essentially, I think, a two year deal, but it's in the guise of a three year deal um, at right guard. And uh, he's been pretty good. He did have a, a horrible game against Denver and uh, that or Denver, Detroit, Detroit. I'm sorry. And uh, otherwise has been pretty good for this season. So he's he's a, a quality guy. He's taken over a lot of the cadence issues. And that's really helped the Ravens with their snap problems from last okay. year. So. I know that, you know, losing Marshall Yonda to retirement was was a big thing last mm-hmm. year. 
Um, has Zeitler kind of been that emotional leader for this unit or has it been someone else? I, I, I don't know. I don't really couldn't tell you about emotional leaders. I'd say he's a more of the field general for the offensive line that, that okay. he's probably making the line calls. And, you know, you, you look for the player who's tapping the butt of the center and that guy, <laughs> that guy is, is, you know, initiating your cadence after he's made his line calls and whatnot. And if the center doesn't have to do that, some centers are perfectly capable, you know, yeah. Lindsay be a guy who could, you know, no doubt about it, do it, but right. Um, but if if you don't have that guy, then you you want the center to be focused on snapping, and take his responsibilities off his plate. Yeah, absolutely, an, an interesting center matchup in this one for sure. Um, let's. Uh, I want to ask you because you mentioned Ben Cleveland and his status for this one. Are there any other offensive injuries besides you know the Ronnie Stanleys that we already know about? Anyone else that either could be coming back or potentially missing this one? So uh, Sammy Watkins was hurt on Monday night, and and we don't know anything about the 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 severity of it. I, I think there's possibility he might not play if if he's not there. Rashad Bateman has been practicing again and might be back. He was their number one draft pick, yeah. uh, and and a guy who is very good at the top of the route. It's a guy who who makes a lot of great moves at the top of the route. We just it just watched a, a lot of very frustrating feel on Anthony Averett on the defensive side of the ball. And basically, he just went through a game where he was buying whatever they were selling at the top of the route. So basically, he went for the first move and and the the uh, was consistently beaten, frankly, um, on the first move. Had his worst game as a professional uh, after he played great for for the you know these first four games. So it's, it was really a shame to see that. But I think that that Bateman hopefully will give the Ravens that kind of wiggle at the X receiver that they they really haven't had. I was going to ask you about Averett later because the the numbers from coverage this week were pretty jarring because, like you said, he had been playing pretty well in the previous four games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's uh, maybe potentially a uh, Mike Williams kind of matchup, but we'll get to, we'll get to that one down the road. I, I was going to ask you if Mike Williams was that kind of receiver. So the, the Colts all have guys who really use jukes and moves at the top of the route. Uh, is 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 Pittman, you know, very good at that. And, and, uh, yeah. but Paris Campbell, very good too. But is Mike Williams really a, um, a move maker or is he a smooth route runner who just, he, he, he runs around and cuts sharply or is he really trying to fake? Um, he's kind of more of a box out guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, his, his route running and cutting isn't fantastic. Like it, it gets the job done. And so, um, kind of what you're describing is more of Keenan Allen's game or Josh Palmer's game mm-hmm. where they're really good at the top of the route and, and, you know, out routes and whip routes and things like that. Um, but Mike Williams is more of a run down the field, stop and box out because he's so big kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. I know that Michael Pittman was Aver with the one guarding Michael Pittman when Pittman caught that jump ball. Yes. Okay. So there we go. That was that was one of several, but yes, I was, <laughs> I was one of them. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I want to transition to the defense now because I think, you know, me personally, everybody misses in draft evaluations, right? But I did not see it with Odafe Owe. I, I did not think that he was going to be this prolific, let alone as a rookie. Of course, landing in a great situation in the in Baltimore with with that kind of pedigree and track record of, of developing edge rushers. Um, what have you seen from him? Because the pressure numbers on PFF are outstanding. Right. He's, he's, he's been very good. Um, a whole lot of things are going on. First of all, all the things that were wrong going out of camp, I, I, going out of college, I saw him too. A very upright pass rusher, a lot of issues yeah. with that. 
uh, didn't get off the ball real quick. That was a problem. Uh, you know, we're seeing he's his production so far is amazing. His growth even more amazing in terms of of the the steps he's taken. So he his sack in this last game, if you go back and look at it, he's about three to four clicks ahead of all the other offensive linemen. I would say clicks. If yeah. you do analysis using the DVR, <laughs> do a and anybody can do this who's got the game, do a pause and then do the fast forward button. And at least on a direct TV remote, and I think on most other remotes too, you go ahead essentially one frame or one thirtieth of a second on, on a, on an, a, a 1080i game. And if you look at that, then, then you'll see he's about four clicks or about 0.13 seconds ahead of all the other linemen. So he just had yeah. it perfectly timed up and that, that get off was you know, one of the real questions about him. So played the run pretty well. Um, he's a great underneath stunt guy, which I would not have guessed. So, you know, that kind of quickness, his kind of four, four and a little bit better speed. You'd expect him to be a great looper, but he's a great underneath guy and he's gravitational pull for the other offensive linemen. And the reason is that because he's so quick, everybody else is a lesser athlete that he faces. So they're all very concerned and they, they, they move with his first move. Um, he's been effective with contact. He's been effective without contact, even using a Euro step to get left tackles to overreact and, and, uh, and moves. So he's been really fun to watch. It's so typical Ravens, man. You, you draft like the, the edge rusher with the most question marks and, he, and he's yeah. the best one in the class by far. Yeah. That's, that's been cool. It's just, <laughs> that's what happened at quarterback, you know, three or three years ago. Yes. Very true. Good point. Um, Outside of Odafe Owe, who are the other edge rushers? I know Justin Houston is still around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, had a, a lengthy history with the, against the Chargers. Um, what have you seen from him and the other edge rushers from this group? Yeah, Houston's been good this year. Uh, he's He's been very consistent in terms of providing pressure from the edge. Uh, he's only had, I think, one sack or maybe one and a half, but 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 he's uh, he's looked good in terms of, of – getting pressures, which is in a lot of cases, even, even more important. He had a quarterback hit and a sack lost on Monday night to penalties, one his own on the horse collar tackle. Uh, so right. he's been, he's been pretty good. Uh, they, they've, they've missed Matt Judon more for his ability to cover and all the flexibility that provided the pass rush than they do for his, his pass rushing um, specifically. I think Houston's been a reasonable replacement for him as far as quality of pass rush. Tyus Bowser came on with a two sack game, um, but against Denver and he's a guy who drops a cover more than anybody by far, by far the Ravens best coverage linebacker, which is really unusual that an outside linebacker is your best coverage yeah. linebacker and not an inside guy. Uh, that's yeah. I can't think of many other situations that yeah. that is the same thing. Um, obviously leading up to last draft, there was a big debate, Patrick queen, Kenneth Murray, um, Kenneth Murray, unfortunately hurt in this game. So, you know, would have been fun to see those two on the same game. Um, has Patrick queen taken the leap that Ravens fan would have hoped for, uh, this year? No, uh, he's, he's been terrible. Uh, in fact, oh, he's geez. regressed really from a very bad rookie year. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times you want to treat these players with white gloves and, and, and say that everything's fine. It's not fine. I, I was saying it, you know, all last year at the end of last year, I'm saying, you know, he's, he's got to recover. He's do a lot, got to do a lot better. And what he needed was a lot of positional coaching. So one of the things the Ravens did in the off season is they brought in Rob Ryan, who's been around the block with a lot of franchises. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he uh, came in to coach the inside linebackers. One of the things I noticed in camp is Patrick queen is the only Ravens inside linebacker who does not play special teams. What that means is during a 20 minute segment early in practice, 
he had time to you know spend with Rex Ryan on extra things. Well, when you know first day at camp, I was there. They were working together, and Ryan is moving around a towel, showing him all kinds of things. And I go, this is really positive. You know, this is a lot of gain. As camp wore on, there's much more time spent with Queen, like leaning on a tackling donut, waiting for the other inside linebackers to get over there. That's less impressive. Yeah. So there's there's there was plenty to teach Queen. It's not like you know we've seen him play this season. He he's he does not know how to tackle properly. He he doesn't wrap up. Uh, he's missed a ton of tackles. He missed a ton of tackles as a rookie, and that's been a real problem. He's a downhill coverage guy only, um, meaning he he can he can try and follow a running back maybe on a wheel route. That's a that's a good opportunity for him to cover. But if there's anything going on behind him, he has no idea. He it's 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 like they became invisible the moment they they passed his spot on the field. So. Uh, doesn't read the route concepts well off the line of scrimmage to know how to how to maneuver to the right spot for for whatever crossing routes might be occurring behind him. And I know that's very difficult. That's one of the later things you expect out of linebackers. Right. But uh, but I still I would have hoped for a lot more. So the simple answer is Queen has not worked out. And, and I think they're at a point almost where they have to figure out how do they sit him down in whole or in part. And in this last game, they sat him down uh, where he would normally have played for for. 14 snaps where they brought in a dime defense that did not have any inside linebackers. So they just used one, one defensive lineman, four outside linebackers and, and uh, six defensive backs. So they've, they've really, they're trying to remedy it, but they can't have him on the field in, in passing situations. Wow. That is, yeah. that is brutal. It's in a dime. <laughs> um, yeah. So if I, you know, we talked on your show first, of course, and you asked me, you know, about matchups for the chargers. Right. And, if I had heard you say that first, I would have immediately said Austin Eckler yeah. or Jared Cook in this one. So, um, you know, we saw against the Raiders that, you know, the running backs and the tight ends were really kind of the focus of that matchup and that game plan. So we might be seeing a, a similar game plan, again, depending on if Patrick Queen is on the field um, or if he's off the field, like you're saying. So um, that's 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 a tough one, man, because I, I liked Queen at LSU. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The guy I wanted was Xavier McKinney, a safety. And okay. it's not like Xavier McKinney is lighting up the, the, the field either, but he had a decent rookie year, got hurt his second year. Right. You know, like, but unfortunately it, it didn't work out. So they've, they've got Patrick Queen. They have to make the most of it. It's unfortunate because they also spent a third round pick on Malik Harrison and he mm-hmm. hasn't played too well either. So he's missed some tackles, had some coverage problems uh he's a guy that, that the ravens really need to turn it around and i think he's the more natural mike linebacker of the two he's a bigger two down thumper and it would make more sense if if he could be the guy to take that role uh one of the big things we've seen with the ravens this year and i think this could well be a problem with the chargers line the way you described it to me is the colts in particular but other teams as well have been able to move at will into level two match up on blocks you know get, get off combination blocks get into level two and hold those blocks very effectively against the Ravens. So that's been yeah. something that, that that has caused a lot of yak on on uh, screen passes, and it's been something that's caused a lot of uh, run results that are very unRavens like in terms of uh, yards per carry. I was looking at you know just the, the general PFF statistics, and when I saw that uh, Jonathan Taylor had like one catch and it went for seventy six yards and a touchdown, I was like, what happened? Because that's not his game. Like he's not, you know, a, a pass catching running running back. That's Naheem Hines. So, yeah. very interesting Ravens defense uh, this year. And so, um, sounds like Chargers fans, if you've got Austin Eckler or a tight end for the Chargers, play him. Play him. <laughs> uh, I, everyone who has Austin Eckler is playing him. But it sounds like you could be expecting a big game from uh, 
number 30 there. So let's let's move to the secondary. You and I talked about Tavon Young. He's kind of the headliner of the secondary. Uh, what are you seeing from him this year, along with Marlon Humphrey, who's very good? And what about the rest of the other guys besides those two? Okay, so I mean, going around, we'll start at slot corner since that's where you started. T- Tavon was a guy with a big question mark coming into this year. He'd been hurt for two straight years and uh, under a big contract. Uh, so he's in the the second year of a three-year deal where it had to be trimmed so, so he could even stay with the Ravens because they were going to otherwise cut him. Uh, but they found a price that they thought was agreeable. And I think he's he's going to make another $8 million or so next year, and they probably will have to renegotiate again. But he's made plays every game. And he's come back from his injury, been been one of the Ravens' most effective defenders, and he's one of their few playmakers. Uh, he blitzes off the slot a fair amount, and he's a, he's a, a guy who can cover and uh, handle whip routes uh, with some ability. So so he's a, he's a guy that I like a lot. Uh, Marlon Humphrey on the outside is their number one corner. They just paid him, you know, an enormous contract, uh, about right. nineteen million dollars a year. So uh, he's a guy that has to come down. There's no there's no other alternative. But uh, but he's also played very well. So that has been the problem. Anthony Averett had played very well until this game. Um, he it would normally be, um, you know, not on the field necessarily, but uh, but he's has played very well. Uh, Jimmy Smith has come back and is really playing safety now. I don't think they will change that. They they may. That would be the other alternative is that if Averett's problems continue, that they'd move Jimmy Smith back to corner. Um, but Marcus Peters, of course, an enormous loss. Uh, before the season right. started, um, they, they lost Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards in, within one practice, within a few minutes of each other. And uh, and that has really, really hurt the Ravens season because he was their big um, interceptor that they don't really have a replacement for. And you guys know him from the AFC West, of course. I don't think I need to go into that, but still is among the top ever interceptions per 16 games played on an adjusted basis relative to the era. Right, right. Just a fantastic ball hawk. Um uh, you mentioned Tavon Young as the, as a blitzer. Are, obviously, the Ravens have you know a very strong reputation of blitzing. Are they blitzing at a similar level this year because of the injuries? Are they kind of playing a little bit more coverage this year? Um, they have had some of each, and I think it's really more quarterback driven than than like uh, their own injuries. I think they they would they would like to blitz as much as possible, maybe even more <laughs> right. given what their personnel is. But they but they've played against. Wentz, who delivers the ball pretty quickly um, most of the time, uh, so they they blitzed. They did a, a little less of all of their deceptive elements of pass rushing, which I count this. They only had one, for instance, simulated pressure against Wentz, and they only had one stunt the entire game against Wentz. And they did have 15 off-ball blitzes, but of those, they they split them over 11 plays, and they basically were just doing him a favor when they blitzed. I think that they would rather have have done a little bit less. But the other things that they they ran. I think at 41%, 15 out of 37 comes to mind right off the bat, but of uh, five plus man rushes in this okay. last game. So they still do plenty of that. I, I wouldn't, maybe not quite the most in the league, but pretty darn close. Yeah, that's, it's always interesting to see kind of the ways that they scheme up those blitzes because it's just, it's caused the Chargers so many issues over the years. And right, you know, I mean, who hasn't had struggles with Baltimore's blitzing attack? So it's been an interesting one. Um, I'm going to ask you a similar question to the one you asked me. Uh, what's a matchup uh, that you are confident in this week and you can do defense and offense? Okay, so I guess the the matchup I like, I like 
I like Hollywood Brown to be able to do some things to this defense. And there's a couple of reasons. One is I think he's the guy who can take the top off. And I think complimentarily that Jackson can extend the play as needed to, to help get him some, some deep shot opportunities. So I hope that'll, that'll certainly uh, happen. And then on defense, I like, I like Oway against the right tackle. I also kind of like Bowser against the right tackle in this game as as a guy who could create pressure opportunities. Um, so they've got various things. Obviously, the Chargers' offensive line is pretty damn good, particularly on the left side. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think the Ravens, we talked about this a little bit on my show, may target the right B and C gaps for stunts and other uh, blitzes that they may try and run. When the slot is on the right side, I think that gives the Ravens a good opportunity to go B or C gap from the slot with their blitz. Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on for the Chargers fans because I know Schofield and Norton is not the starting unit we expected, uh, but you got to make do with the injuries. So, yeah, go ahead. I, I just I made this point on our show too. How much we would love to have Michael Schofield back, given the Ravens' tackle problems. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you may yeah. not he may not be a great guard for you. He'd be a great tackle for us. <laughs> It's funny how that works out. You know, yeah. another man's trash is another man's treasure and, and yeah. vice versa sometimes. Cause I know that, you know, there's still this negative connotation from Schofield's uh, first tenure with the chargers, but you know, he's a serviceable offensive lineman and, and sometimes that's all you need, you know, if you can make do in other places. So Ken, this has been great, man. Uh, tell chargers fans where they can find you and uh, what you have coming up the rest of the week. Sure. I'm at film study Ravens on uh, Twitter. Uh, the, the website is called filmstudybaltimore.com uh, and uh, all kinds of stuff about the Ravens. I, Chargers fans may or may not have interest or they may just have interest this week. But if you want to read the the uh, offensive line scoring from this last week for the Ravens and figure out how the Chargers might beat that, or you want to look at what the Ravens did defensively in this last game, uh, I'm I'm not a homer in terms of being <laughs> quite critical about the team. I love my team, but, but you know, they're, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, necessary amount i think of critical about these players uh so please uh, feel free to give me a follow or, or go to the site i think we we heard that pretty obviously with patrick queen with the patrick <laughs> queen assessment uh but that's what we do right you know you you criticize those who deserve it and you praise those who deserve it which i think is is the best part about you know talking about these teams so ken thanks so much man we really appreciate your time yeah pleasure to be on